Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new Arseblog Arsecast right here on Arseblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. This is another one of those little extra Arsecasts as opposed to an Arsecast Extra. James can't be here today because, what well, he's got something very, very important on. It's got four legs and fur and I think it's his job to mind the puppy. So uh, he's not around for an Arsecast Extra, but we are going to do a chat about the 3-1 win at St. Mary's last night. Uh, good response to the 1-0 defeat in the FA Cup on Saturday. So with me to chew the fat, to go over the bits and pieces, some of the very impressive pieces as well from an Arsenal perspective, it's Andrew Allen. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm okay, thanks. Let's start. I think this is an interesting place to start because it's a good win, really good win, some good performances, some good individual performances collectively, I thought. You know, it was was exciting. There was some good football played. But I just want to touch on something Mikel Arteta spoke about after the game, about... You know, obviously the difference between the team on Saturday and the team tonight, we, and I'm sure many people out there, looked at the team on Saturday and thought, well, he's just rotating, he's resting players, and he was quite strident afterwards about the fact that many of the players who came back in just simply weren't available for the weekend's game. Um, I think he said, you know, we had uh, seven changes. Five of those players were just not available. They were not ready to play, uh, including Tierney, of course, who didn't play last night. Thomas Partey was another. Smith Rowe had an injury, uh, which meant he was you know, uh, completely rested. Um, so just on the basis of what we've seen from team selection, is it important sometimes to remember that the manager, as much as decisions might frustrate us, is going into these uh, games with greater information than than we have? He said, what was it at the end? I can't explain every single day how every player is feeling. Sort of the implicit thing there or the implied thing is like, you know, I'm not just picking weak players for the sake of picking weak players. Yeah, I think he was kind of, I think the club's sort of medical bulletin that it, it, it does kind of quite regularly now, mm. which is a relatively new feature, a couple of years old, I think, um, probably sort of undermined him a little bit there, didn't it? Because it didn't kind of, it doesn't go into the level of detail that maybe a, a manager on a match day knows about. So mm. if a player wakes up with, you know, a calf that is aching because they've done a couple of big shifts, um, you know, a, you know, an article that went out on the club website the day before that didn't list anybody, you know, who's got that is, is suddenly kind of leaving him a little bit exposed. So, mm. I mean, yeah, it may be something the club wants to kind of have a little look at. I honestly completely understand where he's coming from. I mean, I think rotation for Saturday was always going to happen. Um, he's he's quite right. I mean, it's just relentless at the moment. It feels relentless as a supporter watching the matches. So I can't imagine what it's like, you know, playing the games, 
going back to hotels, picking up stuff, getting back on the bus, going home, doing it again, you know, two days later, having mm. had a training session in between. So I, I totally get where he's coming from. I mean, it was interesting though yesterday because he was asked specifically in the BT Sport um, post-game interview about Emil Smith-Rowe's um, going off with, yeah. was it about 15 minutes to go? And he didn't really answer the question about Smith-Rowe. He really, really, really took to, you know, went went for the interviewer about the fact that the players in general are really under the cosh at the moment and that rotation was completely necessary. So, mm. look, he, he made his point and I don't think anybody will be arguing with him for another couple of weeks about that. But, I mean, you know, we come out of that game, it looks like a couple of other players have gone down with stuff and it's not immediately clear when others are going to come back. So it'd be interesting to see the team news for Saturday. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the thing to bear in mind, of course, is that, you know, those medical updates that you reference are, are very uh, helpful for us as fans to yeah. get an idea of who's available, who's not. But they don't really go into, the, like, forensic detail and no club is going to provide that mm-hmm. kind of information. Like, you know, Emile Smith-Rowe... Um, Rested for Saturday makes a lot of sense. Emil Smith Rowe rested because he's got a calf strain or a groin strain, or or he's nursing this kind of injury. They're not going to go into that kind of a, uh, detail when it comes to when it comes to injuries. Uh, you know, Arteta made the point as well about no real preseason and the schedule and all of those things make an awful lot of sense. Um, nevertheless, you could see what a difference those players made when they came back into the team last night. Uh, you know. Smith Rowe, Saka, uh, who we're going to talk about, Thomas Partey, uh, who I think we'll talk about a little bit as well. Um, you know, the, there is a there is a um, there is a need to rotate, um, but there's also a quality gap, isn't there, in terms of the players that you're bringing in, uh, who 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 you're looking for to to fill that to fill the roles that these guys are playing so effectively, and you know, we saw last night what the difference is. Yeah, quality and confidence, I think. Mm. I mean, it's pretty obvious that the guys who are playing regularly in the Premier League at the moment, you know, as you name-check Saka and Smith-Rowe, and, you know, they're, they're playing with so much confidence and freedom that it completely overshadows anything that the likes of, you know, let's say William, for example, have been doing in recent months. Mm. Um, there was just a pace to their game. I just, from the get-go last night, the one-touch football, the combinations, the, the gaps between the players look smaller. Yeah. And their mere presence seems to draw out better performances from some of the other stalwarts around them. Um you know, uh, it's incredibly impressive what Smith Rowe's doing, but you, you've got to hand it to Saka because, you know, it's at two assists and four goals in the last six games. I mean, the end mm. product is there now. And, you know, we bemoaned earlier in the season and have done for years the lack of um, contribution from midfield in the final third and those decisive actions. And, yeah. you know, he's he's making the difference. He's winning games for us now. And that's what we need when, when players like Ober or Laka aren't scoring. I mean, you have to hand it to Laka as well great performance mm. really kind of you know obviously I had a moment there I think all Arsenal fans did when he missed that early chance and it felt a bit like was it the game against Liverpool earlier in the season yeah, yeah, when he yeah. went through earlier went through on Allison, and he kind of it was a similar finish too close to the keeper and I thought oh god here we go but he put that behind him yeah. and you know really really good performance so very pleased for all of them I agree where do you stand on that chance um, you know in terms of opportunity miss versus good goalkeeping slash save I mean I think when I looked at it first I was a bit more on the side of that's a really 
poor miss. And then as I looked at the replays, you know, he the 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 difference between scoring that goal and uh, the the save slash miss was basically what two inches something like that where you know he rolled it or was looking to roll it under the keeper or put it between the keeper's legs keeper just did enough so you know it it is fine margins isn't it yeah look I mean the replay showed how quickly McCarthy came off his line and I it wasn't until I saw that that I realized that actually Mm. you know where Lacquer had to put the ball was you know he had a very small space and you know the McCarthy's a big bloke. I mean, by the time he was on top of him, he was sort of, it was closing him down from a couple of yards almost. So, you know, I give Lacquer the benefit of the doubt on that one. Um, you know, I think you would, you would in an ideal world slot it home or, mm. you know, go around the keeper or something, but um, it didn't work for him on that occasion. But no. in fairness, as I said, he's made up for it. Yeah. So, I mean, missing a chance like that in the opening minute of the game, because, you know, one of the problems we've had is starting games. And first halves have not been as effective or dynamic as we would like. So when you get a really good chance like that in the opening minute of the game and you miss it, it's disappointing. Uh, you know, encouraging that you've made the chance, but obviously disappointing that you've missed it. But then two, three minutes later, you go behind. That's a real double whammy to contend with, isn't it? Um, you know, the goal that we conceded, I think you can maybe look at Pepe as... Uh, a little bit on his heels defensively. I think there was a guy just ran past him as the ball came in, so it might have been a little bit of a distraction. But, you know, he was the guy, I suppose, nominally, who should have been looking at Armstrong. Yeah, I've just been reading some of the quotes on the website this morning. Rob Holding admits that Arsenal even identified the edge of the box as a potential weakness after the FA Cup defeat. Um, and said they'd been working in training on defending that area. And then obviously in the first minute that happens. And he said that, he, you know, he and the defence were furious, basically. Um, so, you know, annoying, but look, good that they'd identified it because it obviously was mm. a weakness. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I did see Pepe come in for a bit of stick about that. I mean, yeah, ideally you would. It was a great finish though, right? I mean, yeah. nine times out of ten, the guy you know, gets the ball in that situation and he doesn't bury it, you know, on the bounce into the top corner past mm. Leno um, and you get away with it. But, you know, uh, we recovered really well, I thought. I mean, I, I had this weird sensation that we were we were really up for it, even after going 1-0 down. You know, it looked like there was a bit of pep in the midfield. Yeah. There was, you know, a willingness to get into the tackles and play quickly and the heads didn't drop, which was the big thing. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, it's obviously encouraging when you create a guilt edge chance at the first minute. You know, that does give you some encouragement. Um, and the response was really excellent because it's it's it felt very like, oh, here we go again. We had a chance, we missed the chance, we go behind, we're going to struggle till halftime, we'll get a bit of a pep talk and we'll come out better in the first 15 minutes of the second half and maybe we can get a goal. And, you know, we've read that script many times. We've seen that movie many times. But So, you know, the fact that we were able to uh, change... Um, change the way that we've performed in these games is is really uh, uh, promising and obviously very encouraging to respond to going a goal behind. I mean, let's talk about Granit Xhaka for a second. Um, you know, I think one of the one of the most interesting things uh, in football for me, anyway, is the is the. I suppose you can take a position which you feel in your mind at the time is absolutely and completely justified. You, we all do it in, in uh, to one extent or another in terms of how we view a player after an incident, after a game, after a run of form. We think these things are absolutes. 
that they're kind of set in stone, but but the fluidity of football, you know, can change your mind about certain things. And look, this isn't to say that Granishek is going to be the, you know, the greatest player ever or anything like it. We've all seen that he has qualities that he can bring to midfield. We've all seen that he's got some flaws and deficiencies in his game, which have frustrated us over the years. But his response to, you know, what happened against Burnley, which was stupid um, and sort of forced me into a, a position of absolutism, which I'm now rowing back from, I happily admit, because he's been really good <laughs> since then. But I think that there's something interesting in that. Uh, okay, look, he made the two chances. The pass for Lacazette was brilliant. The pass for Pepe was fantastic. We'll talk about the finish now in a minute. But I think there's something, uh, early days as it is, interesting in the partnership with Thomas Partey. Because Shaka has been, whether anyone likes to hear it or not, probably the the best central midfielder we've had available to us on a regular basis, or certainly the one we've been most reliant on, you know, in terms of how we play, how we build the play, how much possession goes through him, how many passes he makes, how many touches he has, etc., etc. And all of a sudden, we've got um, Partey in there who... who because of the quality he has, is now becoming very quickly the fulcrum of the midfield. And and watching him ghost away from uh, people trying to tackle him is just is one of my favourite things at the moment. It's just like, oh, there he is, and he just knocks the ball sideways and moves away from the midfielder who's trying to take the ball from him. It's it's sensational to watch, but it's kind of liberated Jacka in a way in that he now isn't quite as... Uh, he's not under as much pressure when he has the ball. Do you know what I mean? So he's not yeah. the fulcrum of the midfield. Therefore, like when, when Xhaka was that focal point, it was like, okay, we'll get two guys on Xhaka, we'll pressure him. He's not that great under pressure, and it, it causes Arsenal problems. Now Xhaka is receiving the ball without as much pressure on him, which is allowing him to be a, a little more expressive in terms of how he passes. Yeah, I think I think... Party's mere presence gives opponents more to think about, doesn't it? Um, in a way that, and this, I say this with the greatest respect to some of the other players we've got in the squad, like a Mo El Nenny or someone, mm. that you know they have to be thinking about what Party's going to do when he gets on the ball and goes forward. Whereas we've had a lot of players who almost crab-like go side mm. to side, and I mean, yeah, Party's presence is is big, and it's. <laughs> You know, it's only just beginning, I think. You can see how, I don't want to use the term Yara-esque, but that ability to transition quite quickly, take the ball past a couple of players. I, I think it, it is. I think yeah. it is Vieira-esque in terms of, you know, his, his control and his ability to find room in tight spaces in midfield. It's very reminiscent. And look, early days and everything, and, yeah. you know, there's only one Patrick Vieira, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you can see shades of that in the way that he plays. For sure. And I think the other thing that's really benefiting... Xhaka is he's just far less exposed on the break um, mm. so his defensive side of the game looks better I don't know if he's making more tackles or more successful tackles it feels like it is sometimes when you're watching the games he looks like he's getting his foot in in a way that he didn't previously but a lot of silly bookings and stuff that he got in the past was you know, he was faced with three blokes running at him and mm. he was dodging back and he was never going to get it because he didn't have the pace to keep up. And he was sort of having to make rash decisions almost deliberately. 
um, in some cases, not deliberately, admittedly. Mm. But um, <laughs> yeah, he just looks like he's kind of got the game in front of him a little bit more. Whereas before, in some of the worst times under Emery, the game was sort of being played with him and, you know, he was chasing back all the time. So yeah, there's a, ba- a better balance there for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, the two things you don't really want to see are Granit Xhaka running towards his own penalty area. And yeah. Granit Xhaka backing off and backing off as the opposition run towards the penalty area. And I think we've we've lessened that a bit. Look, it, it feels to me like a partnership that, that could be quite nicely balanced between now and the end of the season. I, you know, it's a discussion for another day. And I think midfield and central midfield recruitment in the summer is going to be absolutely crucial. Um, but I like what I've seen so far from, from that combination. And hopefully uh, Partey uh, will... You know, there was a worry, obviously, because he came off hopefully just cramp and he'll be available for, for Saturday against United uh, because the longer he is in the team and the longer that partnership gets to develop, I think the better we will be, you know, as a team in terms of how well we can control and structure the game. So, Nicolas Pepe, that is a that is a really good goal, really strong forward play, almost strong center forward play isn't it because you know the position that he takes up he's got defenders up his backside I think he could have gone down if he'd really wanted to although I don't think Kevin Friend based on what we saw from him last night without you know wanting to make this about referees or anything like it some of the decisions that he made were frustrating to me I think it would be uh, reasonable to say in terms of what Southampton were able to get away with and what we were not allowed to get away with I mean that late free kick when when the guy basically just jumped into to Shaka having lost the ball and and they give a, a free kick for Ward Prowse who we know is dangerous in those areas. I think Leno made a good save. You know we weren't getting free kicks like that at all. You know, um, but leaving that aside, <clears throat> what 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 Pepe did there was really impressive. Great finish um, and really strong play to hold off the defender. Smart movement as well, obviously, to get into that position. Yeah, I mean that was that was the really key thing. Like as soon as he saw Xhaka get on the ball, he made that dart between the fullback and the centre back, and that immediately gave him mm. the opportunity. And then, yeah, really good strength to hold off Valerie, and the finish was um, decisive. I guess it's interesting watching him coming off the left and using his left foot to mm. do that kind of diagonal across the keeper, as opposed to kind of from the other flank always trying that curler which you know everybody kind of almost telegraphs and even I mean the best players you can know what they're going to do and they still do it like a Robin and a Riyad Mahrez and stuff but mm. um, yeah it's kind of interesting to see him play that that different role I thought it was a massive decision on Arteta's part to put him back in the starting lineup. I think as he said afterwards like he reviewed the defeat on Saturday and to be fair to Pepe. I mean, he did create a couple of really nice chances yeah. for Eddie Nketiah with some neat kind of interplay there. And I think that one touch sort of play that he showed then was, you know, stood him in good stead. And I mean, it, you get the feeling with Pepe, he's an, obviously a confidence player. So to get a goal early really set the sort of, it almost like set him at ease mm. a little bit. Like he knew he'd done something good that he could build on. Um, so yeah, really important. And I thought he was, you know, he was a menace all, all night. I just, um, it'll be interesting to see now because obviously Saka's seemed to have tied up that right hand spot. Whether you know Pepe is a, a a real option on the left. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it, he was asked about it afterwards in the press conference uh, about why he played Pepe, Pepe on the left. He said it was... Uh, about what we wanted to do in attack, the spaces we wanted to exploit. We believed he could exploit some spaces there and he could be really efficient in doing that. I thought he had a good game the other day involved in our best attacking moments. He deserved his chance, blah, blah, blah. Today he did his job really well. I mean, that's uh, perfectly reasonable. I just wonder, you know, with Aubameyang being absent and Saka being so good from the right-hand side, you know, you can look at Pepe... um, playing on the left and say we wanted him to exploit some spaces. But was it was it a case of, well, if Pepe's going to start, this is the only place left for him in the team to start from because Saka's going to play from the right because he's been so good there. Lacazette is obviously the central striker. Um, so, you, you know, playing from that left-hand side, it does give you a little different angle, doesn't it? Because one of the things that Aubameyang does when he plays on that left-hand side is is dr- drift in centrally and drift into dangerous positions centrally, but he's on his on his right foot, whereas Pepe on his left foot can give you something a, a little bit different. Um, you know, I think that's the kind of position Aubameyang would have got into. Did he score a goal? Well, no, he scored a goal from a similar uh, position, but it wasn't the same kind of move. Um, you know... There is something interesting about having that left-footed player in that position. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a left-footer on the left wing isn't revolutionary no. by any means, but um, he's—I mean—he certainly brings something to it. I, I just think it's the fact that players are less sure about what he's going to do, whereas playing on the right, it was getting pretty obvious that every time he received the ball, he was going to try and cut in. And I think, you know managers were telling their players to be careful about that try and push him onto the other side or at least slow him down and, mm. you know this is weirdly giving him a kind of a level of unpredictability um i honestly honestly i thought i thought martinelli was going to be a, a, a decent shout to start out on the left ahead of pepe mm. um so i re- re- genuinely am pleased and you know i think he needs a run of, he needs a run of games um doing this mm. that's been the biggest problem since he's come to arsenal is he's 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 basically not been able to deliver consistently, and you know the it's clear now if he will play if he gets if he if he delivers the goods on the pitch and and you know he's started doing that now so let's see if he can continue I you know I can't help but harbour some doubts about that but that's just because it's eighteen months in and he's not done it yet yeah I mean you say that and I completely understand it I think we can all see it we all have our frustrations with Pepe like after the game on Saturday I was really frustrated with him because you know in spite of the moments that he produced there were other you know fundamentals in his game which which didn't really work out but I was looking uh, this morning just at some stats in terms of uh, goal involvements across all competitions this season um, you know Pepe has nine Saka has nine Lacazette 12 Aubameyang nine and Smith Rowe uh, you know considering how little he has played uh, has seven which is quite mm-hmm. remarkable in a, in a short period of time so you know I I, I I completely and utterly understand the frustrations people have with Pepe and the lack of consistency and, and the way moments where you think he's this should be meat and drink to him somehow pass him by or he makes them look more difficult yet the fact that he has been involved in as many goals as he has I know people will say well some of it's Europa League but look we're looking at goals and assists in all competitions here for all the players so it's relative to that you know the fact that he does have nine he's almost into double figures in terms of goal involvements um you know, he's six goals, Lacazette has 10 goals, or Bamiang has eight goals. So he's, he's there or thereabouts in terms of goals as well. You know, you feel like if you could just 
I don't know if it's flick a switch or if he could just get an extra 10% out of him between now and the end of the season, he could be somebody who could be quite um, quite important in terms of getting results in games which might be tight. Yeah, yeah. I, look, he may end up having to do that off the bench sometimes. I mean, mm. I think the, the, the key one that we saw earlier in the season was coming off the bench against Sheffield uh, United at home, wasn't it? And he mm. delivered a kind of decisive finish in that game. And at that point, I genuinely thought, OK, here we go. This is something to hold on to. I know that you've caveated the Europa League stuff, but I mean, I, I, can't, I can't really look past the fact that it was Dundalk, Mulder, sure. um, you know, Rapid Vienna. And those teams were kind of not great. But he basically functions better in a team that's playing more fluid attacking football and doing so quicker, I think. And that's what we're doing now. Mm. Um and that's what we were doing in the Europa League when we were faced with lesser opposition, I guess. You know, there was more confidence, more swagger about the team in general, mm. and he benefited from that. I don't think he's someone that, you know, is necessarily going to thrive on if the team is, you know, playing badly, mm. that he's going to be able to dig us out on his own um, in a way that maybe someone like a, a Saka seems to be able to at the moment. Mm. Um but yeah, no, it's it's promising. It's definitely something to hold on to. For yeah, sure. look, it's it's one game, uh, you know, at Premier League level where he's, uh, you know, really stood out and, uh, you know, you, you have to take that into account as well. He's not been brilliant in the Premier League this season, but that is true of, of you know, the team in general as well. I think I saw a stat floating around this morning to say that we've scored more goals between um, the game against Chelsea and now than we did in the entire season up to that Chelsea game, which is really, <laughs> really quite something. Um, so, you know, we've had that difficult period. Let's talk Saka then. Um, he makes that goal look kind of easy. And I don't think it is at all. I think the speed of his movement, the speed of his decision-making, I mean, credit to Lacazette for a really excellent pass, you know, first time around the corner, um, but, you know, precipitated on the movement of of Saka himself. Um, you know, the awareness from Lacazette is, is great, and maybe just knowing he's got a player like Saka there who's going to make those kind of runs is, is part of why that came off so uh, effectively. But, you know, I think he... he like I said, made that finish look easy. And it was a, a little touch with his left foot and then a finish with his right foot. So, mm. you know, both of his goal involvements came last night with his wrong foot. A wrong foot is the is perhaps the wrong way to put it in a way because, you know, he's really effective with his right foot. Amazing finish. I mean, he didn't have much time to think about it, um, you know, a bit. You know, unlike Lacazette, who in the uh, in the first minute chose to kind of go with the shot first time, Saka obviously did take the ball round McCarthy. Mm. Um, I didn't really have any doubts that he'd finish it once he did that. I mean, he he just looked so kind of mm. confident. I thought it was it was really lovely in the post game interview when he kind of spoke about the fact that him and Lacazette had had the conversation before the game. He'd kept telling him, "Look, I'm going to run off the last man. I'm mm. going to do it. Make sure you play the ball early," because it's that type of relationship and being able and willing and 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 proactive about having those conversations that does actually help you um, mm. over the course of a, a match. You know, if you. <laughs> You don't. You don't want it. We spent so much time dawdling on the ball in the first half of the season that those opportunities just didn't didn't come. Mm. Obviously, when they come and you take them, is it an absolute double bonus? Um, as for the second goal, I mean, <laughs> it's it's 
he just I mean he just know he just knows exactly where to put the ball right and if you're a striker you just need to make sure you get yourself into the six yard box and ahead of your defender and and you know Lacazette didn't really have to miss it so much he just sort of bundled it in didn't he yeah um but yeah really really great um really great move really I mean Cedric had picked out Saka with that kind of long ranging pass hey well hang on we have to give we have to give Willian some credit for his pre 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 assist there with the pass to to Cedric you know well we're not far away from that that being registered as a as a as a as a data set that you were yeah um it's probably something again to hold on to for him so yeah 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 I mean look the uh the pass from Cedric was was really excellent I'm I'm curious as to what you thought about his performance there last night, because I thought there were times where he combined very well with Pepe. Uh, I think defensively he was good. Um, you know, he had that shot, didn't he, which looked further away on first glance. But when you you see the replay from just behind the goal or from uh, in front of the goal, behind Cedric, rather, it doesn't go far wide at mm-hmm. all. You know, it really was a, a good effort. Um and I was looking, I was going, I was looking at the stats and then I r- realized that like he had 55% pass completion, which is way worse than anybody else in the team. Uh, and really kind of unusual. I know fullbacks aren't always in your highest percentage of, of pass completion and pass completion isn't the be all and end all. But usually you notice when a fullback is that profligate in possession, when the ball uh, and when the passes don't stick, you know what I mean? And I... Mm. I in terms of the eye test, in terms of what, what I saw, I don't remember seeing that in the game, which might be, you know, uh, uh, an issue on my part. But um, the, the the two things are slightly at odds with each other in that he was very effective, but, but didn't do as much with the ball as perhaps uh, I thought he did, if that makes sense. You know, I mean, I, I came out of that game and I thought to myself, Cedric's had a real, real yeah. good game there. You yeah. know, he's provided a, a really useful attacking option. He's got back into position when he's needed to. And he's looked to do things that other players weren't, which was, you know, I guess, spread the play really, really quickly. He was trying things that, I, you know, the type of thing, the type of pass that uh, Andy Robertson would make, mm. you know, kind of pinging it to the other side of the pitch really, really quickly to try and spring an attack. And I think, look, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a certain amount of, um, you know, when you've played a role in, 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 in the third goal like he does or he has, mm. and he's also played another one of those balls, that those eye-catching moments probably do kind of um, yeah. make more of an impression than the other smaller moments. But no, look, good for him. Two games in a row against his former club, I think, you know, he... He he knows he's got something to prove. He knows he's a bit up against it. He probably knows he's people are kind of wondering why he turned up at the club. And I think the really important thing with squad building is 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 when those guys come in is that they actually, you know, they know their place in the team. They know that they just need to knuckle down and work really hard and 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 do the best that they can, and and that they understand what it is the team's trying to do. And I think, you know, not every player is going to be a superstar. You do need some of these kind of grafters in there and he kind of he does sort of fit that mold for me and I think you know we wouldn't be surprised if Arteta turned to someone similar to try and fill uh, Mm. that Tierney backup slot um, you know someone with experience coming on a cheap Mm. you know you can't have too many of them and I still have many many questions about the length of the contract that we we gave to him but um, at least he's starting to show something which I don't think up to now he has No I think you know the positive of of his performance last night and uh, you know is that okay it it looks like he can do a job at left back 
uh, because we don't really have cover yeah. there because Maitland-Niles you know, had a, a poor game against Palace and I don't really think he's a left fullback. I think as a left wingback, there's a case to be made for him, but as a left fullback, you know, we don't have that natural replacement or cover for, for Tierney. But I think as well, you know, um, if he can produce the way he's produced, um, he provides some competition for, for Hector Bellerin on the right-hand side. Um, you know, I didn't think Hector was bad or anything like it, but I don't think he was brilliant either. Um and and he's one of those players, I think, that in the last little while has more or less been assured of his position when he's fit. And I think it's important in some ways to have competition, knowing there's somebody there who can come in and, and do a job, uh, who can threaten your place if they play well. And if Cedric plays well, I mean, if Tierney's fit for... Um, for the weekend, we're not sure if he will be. It doesn't sound that promising, in fairness. But if he is fit for the weekend, comes back in at left back. You know, if Hector found himself out of the team for Cedric at right back, I don't know that he could have too many complaints. Uh, no, probably not. I mean, I'd probably be slightly worried because I think Hector's faster than uh, Cedric, and United have got a lot of very fast players who like to play on the counter attack. So, you know, I wouldn't be wholly comfortable with it. But Cedric is certainly showing mm. the qualities. I think. You know, the big thing for Cedric is probably the partnerships that he strikes up with the person in front of him on the pitch. Mm. And with Martinelli the other day, it didn't really look to be there. No. It looked a little bit better uh, yesterday with with Pepe, but not great. But if he can find someone who he is comfortable playing with on one of those wings, then, then that starts to make life a lot easier, right? I mean, I kind of remember Ray Parler talking a lot mm. about how he struck up that relationship with, with Lee Dixon during you know, his long career at Arsenal. And um, yeah, it's those sort of that, you only get that though from playing with people regularly, I guess. And, you know, Cedric spent so much time uh, on the sidelines since he joined that it's, it's it's almost impossible to expect him to come into the team and just be able to strike those things up naturally. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'd be curious to see. I mean, the thing is we've had so many players interchanging both at fullback and on the attacking parts of the flanks as well that... Um, you know, finding that consistency, the balance, the sort of stability is just going to be so key to what we do in the final third of the season. And mm. we're starting to find a bit of that now. I think the oh, another thing just to point out is that just because a guy comes in and does well in the position doesn't mean the guy who's the incumbent should be written off completely and, you know, thrown to the wolves. This is what competition is. It's like, can the other guy respond? Mm. So it's healthy. It's healthy. It's not just like, okay, well, he's good now, so we like him and get rid of that guy. You need them both, if you know what I mean. So it's it's important mm. that you, you we bear that in mind. One other thing I think we should talk about, and a guy that I think we uh, ought to credit, is Bernd Leno. And he sort of appears to me to have been flying under the radar a little bit. Um, when you think about that period in the first half after we had scored and we, we were good and then I think Southampton had a period where they had quite a number of of chances um, I think there was a Danny Ings one from a free kick um, there was a save I think Leno made from Adams Che Adams, uh, che Adams, Adams was a good yeah, header yeah. Uh, he got ahead of David Luiz who uh, you know worried me last night but I'm not going to bring the whole thing down by talking about David Luiz um, you know he made a save from a free kick. He was strong in the air, made a couple of good punches. 
you know, we, we had that whole thing when Emmy Martinez left. It was like, oh, you know, is it, was that the right thing to do, et cetera, et cetera. But I think Leno has quietly been one of our best players this season by by some distance. You know, he's been really solid. We've only conceded two goals in our last six Premier League games, whatever it is. Um, you know, he had some clean sheets in a row, which he hasn't had a great deal of. What what, what do you make of... I mean, should we be just kind of glad he's doing his job? Does does he deserve a mention? Is he just doing what we expect a, a good goalkeeper to do? Or is it worth pointing out that, you know, he did play his part in, in what was a, a good win last night? He 100% deserves credit. I mean, I, I think what's really clear is that he completely controls that defence. They completely trust him. Mm. Um, you know, his. I think, yes, his shot-stopping ability is being very impressive and eye-catching, but the way that he commands his box, particularly at set pieces, I mean, the fact that we have this incredible uh, record defending set pieces, I know we conceded last night at the edge of the box, blah, 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 but that anything really into the centre of the box and around the six-yard box where we've got this mix of man-marking and zonal marking is really working well. And, you know, a couple of times last night he came out, he punched the ball, he got distance on it. He's doing the basics right. You do the basics right, you're kind of straight away minimising the chances of um, conceding sloppy goals. Mm. Uh, I, I, I completely understand the, the, the kind of teeth gnashing that took place in the aftermath of the Martinez stuff because, you know, it, it was a tough one for everybody. I mean, it was a yeah. guy who'd been at the club a long time, but I I had always said that I felt Leno, keeping Leno was the, the right decision. Um, and, you know, he sounds like he's always had the trust of the club and the manager. I think his distribution is better. I think he's um, moving the ball quicker. If I ever had a kind of criticism of him, it was that he sometimes held on to the ball a little bit too long when uh, he claimed a cross and stuff and he could have maybe sprung moves quickly. But I think we're starting to see a guy really kind of coming into the, the peak years of his career now and we're lucky to have him. And I, I you know, I guess it won't be long before we start talking about t- uh, tying him down to a new deal, I guess. Ooh, yeah. When is his contract he must be what 2023 i guess if he signed in 2018 probably signed a five-year yeah. deal um let me look that up while you 2023 yeah i just i have yeah. transfer marked open here so yeah there's the discussion because we're at that two-year thing in the summer um yeah. you know if they offer him a new deal you know he's still only 28 years of age so pretty you know young in goalkeeping terms so you know i think uh, i think that's going to be one of the one of the uh, the ones we're going to have to tie down. I think what myself and James were asked the other week about, you know, who should we tie down to a new contract next? And, and Smith Rowe is the obvious one for me, but I think Bernd Leno is not far behind. Um, so there you go. Okay, so look, just very finally to reflect on what was a, a really good win. Um, you know, we, we, we looked at those fixtures, didn't we? The, the, the run of games uh, that I can't remember now, but pa- Palace, Newcastle, uh, West Brom, and what was the other one? Um, anyway, the one that we won after uh, Chelsea. Yeah, there was the, the, the Palace draw in Newcastle, yeah. Uh, Who was it? Uh, Brighton. Brighton was the game. Brighton. So, you know, we looked at those games as as ones that we should uh, get as many points as we could on the board. Um, you know, the Chelsea win was a boost, uh, but we beat Palace, or we beat Newcastle, we beat 
uh, Brighton, we beat West Brom, we drew at Palace, which is a bit disappointing. But we, you know, this was the start of another difficult run. And Southampton have been a difficult side for us to play against. They've been very good this season. They're maybe falling away a little bit right now. But this is one of those games we looked at and said, this is a tricky one. This is one of the tricky fixtures. And we've come away with it with a 3-1 win. So, you know, as we prepare for United on Saturday, you know, how encouraged are you that we're maintaining the momentum we've built up uh, in those games? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was absolutely vital after losing on Saturday to to win mm. last night. I think the pressure was really on the guys to, to deliver a performance so that the momentum didn't completely get sucked out of things before the United game. Um, you know, looking ahead, we've got obviously United, who I don't think have lost in the league since we beat them. Um, Time to put that right. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then, I mean, Wolves haven't been great recently. And then we know about Villa, Leeds. Mm. We then tackle the Benfica game. I mean, Wolves, Villa, Leeds shouldn't look like, in theory, over the you know the last 15, 20 years, you'd, you'd put Arsenal as the favourites in all of those games. But we know that those teams have caused us problems. Yeah. So, you know, there's still nervousness. I, I think if we could take... God, if we could take nine points from the next four games, uh, I'd, I'd be pretty satisfied with that. Yeah, I think we're going to have some ups and downs. There's, there's no yeah. question about it. You know, the you can't go from a period of complete inconsistency to a period of complete consistency, you know, in terms of results and performances. I think there are going to be uh, some ups and downs in this little one. But I would say that those games against Villa, Wolves and... Um, who was it? Uh, Leeds. Leeds don't look as scary as they did, you know, a few weeks ago. When I was looking at those and going, ooh, ooh. But, you know, the results that we got, the result that we got and the way that we played against Southampton, you know, that's kind of what we need to see in those games coming up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. United it's is kind of separate momentum. on its own, isn't it? You know, it's it's a sort of, because of the, the stature of the game, it's it's like a, it's a cup final kind of a game, if you like. But those ones are certainly ones you're, you're targeting as, as you know, uh, building more points. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know what to make of uh, Saturday's game against United because there's still a bit of me that thinks United are sort of flattering to deceive. You know, they're doing better than they should be and... Um, you know, I, we've obviously beaten them this season, so there's not the complex that maybe we've had in, in previous years. But, um, you know, I, I, I fancy us to at least get a, a, a point and, and try and slow United down a little bit. Mm. I think so much is going to rest in the next few weeks on the fitness of the players, right? Yeah. If we do go into the United game shorn of, let's say, Aubameyang, Tierney, Smith-Rowe, um, straight away you're on the back foot there mm. um, so maintaining player fitness is going to be really important which I guess is you know takes us full circle all the way back to what Arteta said at the beginning which is he has to protect the players sometimes so we can't always criticise him if we don't like the look of the team when the team sheets are announced Alright well we'll see what the team looks like on Saturday maybe there might be a, a new signing in the mix Martin Erdegar expected to, to sign today um, all going well there but whether he's involved for, for Saturday we'll have to wait and see depends on his fitness and physical condition etc etc anyway we will chat about that game in the Arsecast on Friday join us for that for now Andrew thank you very much thank you Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Andrew is on Twitter. You can find him at A. Allen Sport, at A. Allen Sport. And of course, he's the co host of the Left Field podcast, which you can find in your favorite podcasting app. Give it a go. It's good stuff. Right. We'll leave it there for today. Obviously, there's more to talk about. Hopefully, we will have a new signing to discuss on the Arscast on Friday as well. Uh, Patreon members, you'll get a Man United preview podcast as well as the regular Arscast. Uh, that will be available sometime on Friday evening for you. So for now, I hope you've enjoyed this extra little Arscast. Fingers crossed we can keep this run going. It is nice to win, isn't it? It's just nice to win. It makes all of our lives better. And I think we could all use that at this moment in time. So until the next one, take it easy, folks. Cheers. Bye-bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.